Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Barton Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Absolutely. And, you know, you guys talking about the dog stories, I got a guy call me. And there's one other thing, point I got to make, too, but I get really quickly about the dogs. I know I talked to this guy two months ago. He didn't want to come on, but I talked to him for maybe a couple hours. And so he has some property, and uh, I think he lives he lives in Pennsylvania somewhere. I forgot. I don't know exactly where. But anyway, he's got two German Shepherds. Now, on his property, the guy really loves his dogs, and what he did, he set up a perimeter with that fencing where the, on your collar it will zap the dog. So it doesn't wander off into the woods. So its whole property was kind of set up that way, which I thought, oh man, that's kind of kind of bold. It was no after a couple of times, dogs would not go past this perimeter. And then after this perimeter, it was about 90 feet ahead. It was like the wood line. So he was telling me, so the dogs were really good about it. In fact, he never got zapped because they knew, hey, we can't do this, right? Or however that works. So they had the fencing and. So he's telling me he started hearing these 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 growls or howls at night. He said, "Rob, it didn't really sound like a wolf. Certainly wasn't a bear, not a coyote, but it was just unusual sounds." So he said, "Started paying a lot more attention than he than he would hear like the wood knocks and stuff going on." And so one night his dogs were all, you know, they're they're nervous. They're pacing back and forth in the house. So he says he, he thought maybe they go to the bathroom, whatever. He didn't hear any noise or nothing. He lets out the dogs. He says typically when he lets them out, they run around, they, they bark, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Man, you know, time went by. A little bit of time went by, and then I realized I hadn't heard the dogs barking." So he went outside looking for his dogs. Well, he can't find his dogs. Now, as I mentioned, he's got this fencing, so he figures he knows where they would be, so he's thinking, oh, man, maybe the collar, maybe, I don't know if there's a battery operator. I don't know how that works, but he says, man, maybe something wasn't working, checking out the fence, all this. Everything seemed to be working, so he just had the intuition. He started walking into the woods, and he said he got to the wood line, and he walks in probably eight feet in, he found both of his German shepherds. One was there within a couple feet of each other, and both of their necks were broken, snapped. There was no talk, no, no no claw marks, no bite marks. They were simply just snapped. He asked what, do, what I think that was. I said, well, not to speculate, but, you know, you heard all these weird growls and sounds and not a wolf. I said, you know, I'm not going to sit there, dude. You got Bigfoot on your property, right? I what? I don't know what it was. It could have been anything, I guess. But it makes you wonder, right? And so I had this guy on the show about a, a, a Bigfoot that killed his bull, <laughs> and he was talking about this stuff and how he had all these bad experiences with a Bigfoot. And can you believe? What really? See, there's people out there. Listen, I'm not on a crusade to tell anyone that they're bad. But I'm going to tell you this: I don't trust them. And the thing that really irked me one day, this guy's on the show talking about negative on Bigfoot. Do you know how many people, and this is what people just don't get it, you guys, because I had so many comments, and even people in the chat were saying, well, I can't believe you're letting this guy talk bad about Bigfoot, especially in the comments, you guys. Oh, Rob, bad guy, I mean, come on, Bigfoot, no way a Bigfoot did that. I think a lot of people, you guys, 
kind of brainwashed into thinking that these things are just a big teddy bear. And that's dangerous thinking. And again, right. I'm not on any crusade to tell people, because I'm not going to be the guy that says Bigfoot was bad, because you know what? I'm sure there are plenty of good ones, but you got to always remember there's plenty of bad ones too. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you were to sit back and, and take apart some of these people's stories, which I have, who have, who have contacted me to try to convince me that they were able, okay, like I'll give you one example. This lady, she, she, she's a really nice lady. She listens to the show and I don't want to put her on blast, but she, she is absolutely convinced. She agrees that dog man is bad. She thinks dog man is an evil thing, whatever, that it's bad. She's convinced that Bigfoot is some sort of guardian and that it that it will actually defend you against a dog man. And I told her like this, I said if you were in the ocean and you saw a school of dolphins and there were sh- there were like, you know, there were a couple tiger sharks there trying to eat you. Those dolphins are not going to come over there to save you. They're just not because it's a risk to them. So even if your theory was correct that they that they're against the dog man or whatever she believes, don't expect a Bigfoot to come and save you. And I told her, I said, and, and in fact, I think they're just as dangerous as dog man because I get, you know, I guess maybe because of the nature of my show and my stance on a lot of these uh, so-called cryptids when they're not really cryptids, they're really in humanoids. I don't, I don't believe that they are uh, good nice gentle forest creatures i'm just not of that opinion and i think a lot and, and i'm gonna say this and this may be very controversial but i'm pretty much the king of that at this point anyway i'm gonna tell you right now i think a lot of these people are making stuff up i'm not joking dude i get reports about i'm not one of those people that cherry picks either i don't go oh well this is a story of, of bigfoot being bad so i'm gonna use this one yeah I'm going to take this right. story and throw it out because this one's of, of it being good. That's not what I do. But I'm telling you right now, because of my stance, I get more people that are willing to come to me and tell me their stories of their vicious behavior. And I can tell you right now that there it is an absolutely a, a ton of information out there that is being ignored because they these people, they do have this narrative they want to create where – Bigfoot is just this friendly, lovable forest gents, Harry and the Hendersons, you know, and that's not, that that's not the case. I mean, there was a guy who lived out here and well lived near Austin outside of Austin. And I was working, I think it was in the, it was in the the mid two thousands, like 2005, seven, six, that in that that area. And I was doing some security out there and they had a series, there were some horses. Now I talked to you about this Barton, um, some horses that were killed. And they were trying to figure out what it was that was killing them. And they knew it wasn't a mountain lion because when you see the, the, the there's paw prints, there's no claws on the paw prints, whatever. And they were getting, they had some canine prints, but it looked like it might've been like uh, coyotes or even koi wolves maybe that were coming and eating after the fact, but something had broken a horse's neck. Now, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no, and it wasn't a full-grown horse. And it was a pony, but it wasn't like a full-grown horse. And, and they did one of the 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 guys that was doing the investigation was a private investigator that eventually had been hired, and he was saying that he saw a a large human-like footprint. It was just one footprint that was kind of off, 
and in, in an area where there had been uh, some moisture or whatever. So there was kind of an indentation. And he goes, dude, I want to go back and take a, ca- a plaster cast of that. You know, I, I want to, I should have, you know, taken a picture. He goes, I just kind of looked at it and I thought about it. And I, I went back and to get the camera. And he said, and then a couple other police officers were there and they were just kind of walking over the, 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 you know, whatever. And he was telling me about it because he, he didn't want to make an issue of it because people are going to be like, oh, okay, you believe in Bigfoot, which already that's already, uh, you're on the fringes of society with that anyway. But then, you know, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, possibly a large humanoidal type creature may have killed this thing, you know? Um, and you know, how, how was he supposed to go around doing this? He's a young guy too, you know, and I I mean, he's younger than me. And at the time I was doing security up there on the hill, up there in Comanche trail. And he was asking me my opinion. And, uh, I told him, I said, I don't know what you can say, so he go. I said, but you can just go ahead and give your opinion. There's this one other police officer that he worked with that she was open to the idea. He had kind of like thrown it around, you know. Well, when yeah. he told that particular person, she was like not having it. She was like, Bigfoot would never do that. She's like, Bigfoot, big the Bigfoot. She because she claimed that she had seen one when she was a teenager down by le- by the lake, and and that it just w- was waiting in the water, and that it just like dried off, and then and then just walked into the woods, and and was you know. So her her encounter was benign, you know. There was nothing to it, you know. And she was like, I didn't get an evil feeling from it. I didn't feel like it would hurt me. I just felt love and, and, you know, security and all this other weird, you know, stuff. And when he, so when he brought it to her attention that it could have been a Sasquatch that killed that, 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 uh, pony, she was like, no way they only would kill for food, you know? And I'm like, that, that is the most ridiculous, you know, like, and so he couldn't even talk to her about it. So when me and him talked about it, and of course, at that time, I had collected stories, all kinds of, of different types of Fordian type stories. And I told him, I said, I have a, a, a lot of Bigfoot stories. Of course, a lot of them at that time consisted of, like you said, people seeing them on the side of the road or they're walking and they see a Bigfoot, whatever. But I had a couple nasty ones where they were really aggressive and mean. And I told him, I said, I don't doubt for a second that that, that, that could be the case. Well, I had no idea way back then that that it was good. I was going to have to fight an uphill battle with the narrative of of Bigfoot and Dogman that they're some sort of like you know creatures that live in the forest and just want to be left alone and and they're all just they're just trying to to coexist and blah blah blah. And 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 looking at it now, it's like there's this entire industry that's been built around you know Bigfoot being a cool guy. You know what I mean? Like the only time he's going to hurt you is if you mess with his, uh, you know, his jerky, his beef jerky or something. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, he might come out and forearm you because you're messing with him, you know? And, yeah, and it, it's ridiculous. It is a totally, it's, it's, it's asinine. And I'll tell anybody, I'll argue to the floor with anybody that they're not a friendly, lovable force, giant creatures, whatever. I mean, this thing, what, what, when it killed that horse, and then th- there was a whole bunch of pets that had gone missing too, and not just dogs, but cats. People's cats were missing. Uh, there was a calf that had been that had gone missing. You know, um, you could say, well, maybe it was hungry, but why was it taking cats? Why were people's cats missing? One lady found her cat uh, pretty much torn apart and, and strewn about the yard, 
And she said, well, it looked like maybe a, a dog or something had done it, but the neighbor's dog had gone missing. I mean, you know, there, there was, and so, you know, the, the, the uh, police and everybody else, you know, were, were coming around trying to give flyers, you know, people were like, Hey, my pet's gone missing. And it was a big, it was a bunch of uh, people that were, that were having this issue. Um, you know, so if, if it was, if it wasn't a Bigfoot, then it was some sort of predator. I mean, you know, and there, but there were no cougar tracks and there was nothing to, to, that could, that could point to it being a pack of coyotes. Um, so what was it, you know? And the only thing I could think of that could take a, 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 a almost, an almost a mature horse, you know, and, and break its neck like that would be a squatch. I can't, I can't really think of anything. Um, now I got another story from a guy, uh, that, that he was coming and this happened outside of Cedar park years ago. And, um, I'm, I would like to get him to come on the show. I don't know, you know, cause he kind of doesn't want to tell him, but I'm, I'm wanting to do a, a show about the white Bigfoot because I think that's a whole nother species. But, but he, he was coming back into Cedar park and they see this thing laying on the side of the road and it looked like there, it was been, it had been torn apart and he said that he was, a, I think he said he was in his late teens and, they, and him and his parents pulled over and they looked at it and it was a white furred Bigfoot. And he said it was just a pure, pure white. It was a Sasquatch. He goes, you could tell the face had a prim, primate type face. It was like, like a primate mixed with human and it was white and it was ripped apart. Its arms were torn out. And I said, do, do you think it was hit by a vehicle? And he goes, I don't think so. He goes, I think it was off to the side of the road and kind of in a ditch. And it looked like it had been ripped limb from limb. And the only, the only thing I could think of that would do that would be another Sasquatch. Um, yeah. So, you know. So we had a, we had a pony in Spotsville in 1975, and this thing choked. Her name was Dolly. This thing choked her to death with her, with her own tie rope. So... There you go. And it didn't eat it, any part of it, you know, just for pure spite or meanness mm -hmm. or whatever, choked it to death. And so there you go. Uh, like you say, Josh, these things are, you know, cryptids are simply natural animals awaiting classification. Whereas these inhumanoids are beyond our classification because they're by nature, they're not natural animals, right? They're just, there's something beyond uh, normal. And I don't think anybody will be classifying uh, a big Bigfoot species anytime soon, if ever. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Barton. What do you think about that, Rob? I've always torn on it, you guys. I was just going to ask the question to Barton. You don't think that the Bigfoot species is a, is a cryptid? Then you just think it's in, inhuman? Absolutely not. That... There, yeah, okay, there, so... Rob. There is no. No such thing as a semi-human or quasi-human cryptid. So all the human and humanoid that people are calling cryptids are, are something far beyond that. You know, cryptids are, you know, you have your coelacanth and your giant squid, and we're all capable of, or science and, you know, people that, that do this stuff are capable of finding them and studying them in its own habitat and eventually classifying them. But no one's going to find Bigfoot, because the only time I've ever had any encounters with Bigfoot is when I'm not looking for it at all. I've been on hundreds of expeditions here in Kentucky looking for Bigfoot and never found anything. But when I'm not thinking about Bigfoot, I'm hunting or fishing or arrow, arrowhead hunting or something like that. 
that's when it, that's when it happens. It's almost like they know what you're doing. If when you get into their area, they know what you're doing, Rob. And if you'd went back to that island with ten bazookas, you never would have saw that Bigfoot, even if it was there. That's yeah. what I say. You know, I think that well, I don't consider myself an expert at, at anything, but I'm going no. by my own experiences, and I know they're true. I know they're real. I'm not making anything up. I'm always telling the truth. I've been doing it since 1975. You know, regardless of the ridicule, regardless of people calling me crazy or woo-woo, such a kindergarten terminology there, but it doesn't matter. As long as I tell the truth, and that's all I can do. And who believes me or who don't believe me, you know, I have no control over that. But I'm doing my part by telling the truth. I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it for attention. Yep. I'm not pretending anything. I'm just telling the truth as it happened to me, and I know that it's real, and you can take that or leave it. It doesn't really matter to me. Of course, I want people to believe me because I'm telling the truth, but I realize that my experiences are way beyond the pale of a classic Bigfoot sighting. You know, runs across the road. Well, yeah, it's not about sighting. Yours is like, It, it looks know. surprised, you know, yeah. and then it walks back into the woods. You know, this is what I've encountered is way beyond that, so... And I've had 45 years almost to think about this stuff. Now, Rob, what were you, you know, going to say? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, no, I, I think they're human, some sort of humanoid. I think that they are more, I think there's a supernatural element to them. I think that, no doubt. as you said, they have that, that ability just to cloak or disappear it, it, on a dime, on an instance. I'm not buying the theory that they have the translucent hair, and you know, it, it, they just disappear in the sunlight because their hair is. I mean, maybe they have that type of hair, but I, I think I, I think they have an ability to walk through portals. I believe in that. It might sound kind of out there. I think they're what I've seen certainly looked like a human, a humanoid, but then. What the hell did it turn into? I have no idea. I always reflect back to thinking about how I told you about the the ape, the orangutan, how it could contort its face. Well, this thing looked like it had a kabuki mask, you guys. I mean, it just it looked that, that sinister. And I think they, I think they can manipulate us. And sometimes, you guys, I don't even know, is it really Bigfoot that we're, you know, we say, okay, we're saying the traditional Bigfoot. When I think Bigfoot, I think Patterson Gimbal. That, to me, is Bigfoot. Now, in all these people that have all these encounters, let's say, and what they're you're researching, do they even know what the hell they're researching? Is it really Bigfoot that they're on the trail of? What if it's just something else? Yeah, yeah, I thought that, too. You know, I mean, what if it's something that's maybe presenting itself to you as a Bigfoot, mm-hmm. but when it's not even that at all? Maybe it's some entity, right? Rob, along along maybe. those lines, what do you think of this? Like, <clears throat> maybe like like you know, when, when like I've done some investigating on some houses that were haunted. Okay. And, and, and it gets, it gets, it gets weird because I went into one house and Barton knows this story and I've told this on, on another show, but I, we went in there, me and a few of the people that I work with the, for, at PRT, there was a ninja blender that went off. Like we walk in, I think I told, Je- I think I told Jessica this, actually, we were talking about it and yeah, I did. And and we were standing there in, in the, in the kitchen and it goes, 
and the lid pops off and then the washer starts kind of moving like, you know, and I'm like, what is going on here, dude? And, and you know, when you're WTF and I'm like, dude, okay, I can't help you. I'm not a ghostbuster. I'm not a demonologist. So I'm going to go ahead and go. Uh, feel free to tell me your story, but I'm not going to be able to do much else. I can pray. Um, that's about it, you know? And, and so, you know, but, but these people, they had this dog man creature coming up to the window and communicating with their, their child, you know, and not even, I'd say probably two and a half miles from that spot right there. My friend's great uncle was driving a, a load of, of hay uh, you know, and, and of course the, tr- you know, it's all weighted down, you know, so you can't go real fast and he's going over this little yeah. uh, spot, this kind of like, like real narrow one lane bridge. And this was back in the forties or fifties, I believe. And these two, what the only thing I could describe them as is Sasquatch looking creatures, um, were just walking out in the middle of the road and they were dragging what, what appeared to be a deer carcass across the road and he literally, they did not give two, they did not care that he was there. And they, like, he had yeah. to sit there while they, like, literally pulled the head off of this creature, like, off of this deer. They took it apart, and then and then they both just kind of walked off and into the, into the woods, into the tree line. And that was probably two miles from this house where this child was, was having, there was obviously a ghost, uh, I would say, I would say poltergeist activity. They tried to show us like the, what looked like pink slime, some sort of ectoplasm, which I believe, you know, when you're going in and out of certain densities and I was like, I'm not touching that. I don't know what that is and I'm not going to touch it. I've seen it before. And then this creature, this dog man creature is right there. Now, what are the odds? I mean, like that's two miles from a sighting from the, 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 the mid 40 or late 40s, early 50s. Um, I can't remember if it was, if it was, there's two, there were two different ones. One was in 52, one was in 48. And I can't remember if that was the one, but anyway, and then there was another sighting of, of two hunters that were out dove hunting or I think quail hunting. And they saw this Bigfoot type creature come rushing out at them. And I think that one was, I think that one was one of the fifties, but you know, it's all within like a two to three mile radius. Like, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence when somebody tries to tell me, you know, like, I'm like, okay, so there's a farm that has changed hands multiple times. And there are, uh, there is a poltergeist type activity going on there. There is a dog man there. Even the brother-in-law took a shot at it over a hay bale um, and then, you know, within two or three miles of there, there, there were two different Bigfoot sightings, one in 1948, one in 1952. So, oh, uh, you wow, know, yeah. I mean, like, what are the odds? Like to me, you know, that's crazy, dude. Like, I mean, you know, you might win the lottery, but winning it two or three times. So, and, and I don't, I don't believe that that's what's going on. Like, you know, some of our colleagues, you know, Barton and me, you know, we, we've talked to people, lots of people about this phenomena and they'll they'll poo poo the idea that somebody could see a UFO, a ghost and a Bigfoot all on the same property. And I'm like, why not? They're all part of the same phenomena. If you really break it down, it's just hyper weirdness. And, um, you look at some of these places like Skinwalker Ranch, where you have tons and tons of witnesses that can tell you that these, and it goes back to the Utes, to the, to the natives. They're like, that land is messed up. You don't, you know, there's no telling what you're going to encounter there. 
Um, it is what they call then the path of the skinwalker, which is considered to be a highly uh, evil creature of Nate Navajo lore. And so they, they, they try to steer clear of that. And then, you know, here's these people, I'm going to go live there and I'm going to buy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you have people looking at it from the outside, looking in at guys like us too, who've had experiences and they're like, well, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Josh Turner's lived in a haunted house and he saw a dog man. I, I think it's all related. I think you see the dog man because you're able to sense that, you know, and I think that that's all part of it. I tell people that all the time when I was going through it, when I was younger, I didn't know what was happening. But now, um, having researched so many different cases and, and my team and all of us having talked to so many different people and, and from so many different walks of life and it transcends gender, race, religion, and all these people have these encounters. And so you're telling me that when, when someone sees more than one phenomena, that's just, that's just ridiculous. That's just crazy. And God forbid, Bigfoot should be doing something bad to, to, to somebody's pets or to them because that can't happen. You know, I just, I just don't think it's a coincidence. I don't, I, and I, and I don't know exactly what y'all's opinions are. I'd like for you guys to, to tell me, what do you think about that? Do you, with the, uh, a whole, uh, haunted house and then Bigfoot shows up with dog man and no telling what else is going on. I mean, is that so crazy to think about? Or, I mean, are we not supposed well, to? Are we gonna... No, absolutely not. Yeah. You just summed no, up yeah. uh, my book, Being Humanoids, rather rather nicely, and my life, Josh. I lived in three different locations where poltergeist activity were, was going on inside the house. People were seeing UFOs outside the house, including me and Bigfoot and Black Panthers. And the Spotsville case, we had two different types of inhumanoid creatures working together in the same place at the same time. Also, that correlates with Martin Grove's story Martin that Groves, he told yeah. at the conference. Martin Groves. Right? So Bigfoot was calling in these dogman creatures to eat these two hunters. That's what it boils down to. And they barely got away with their lives. So, Rob, do you know about that? There is a connectivity. I don't know if Rob knows about Martin Grove's uh, encounter. I haven't seen that yet. No, it's one of my list of things to do. Jessica was telling is pretty awesome. Yeah, Rob, let me send Brian. you. Yeah, he he was on our on my show, and then he was on Bettina's show. If if you if you want, I have a bunch of his books, and just I can send it to you, uh, Rob. Okay, that's cool. I'll send you along with awesome. a uh, a PRT uh, shirt. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Okay, so Rob, you 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 have a show, and you know why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the cases you've explored? Like, what what is your opinion on this? Yeah, ain't not a problem. Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, my show is uh, on YouTube. is called Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Very easy, Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Type it out, and you can find uh, find me on YouTube. And I'm out every Tuesday. I do a live show Thursday, excuse me, at noon central every day, every Thursday at noon. And uh, we have uh, mostly big researchers on, and we also have experiencers on. I also do, uh, I also read people's encounter stories on my channel. So it's, it's, good. it's got a nice variety. And what I was uh, kind of wanted to allude to on one of the encounters that we had, I was working on this, and this is a personal one of mine that I'm working with several people in the, in the kind of in the ghost field, you guys. And this kind of relates, and this is like a case on me because I got to say, 
In 2018, I had this encounter. Now, as a kid, you guys, I've been trying to figure out. When I was a little boy, seven years old, I saw a flying saucer. That's what my mom called it. And I seen it. Didn't know what it was. I said, Ma, it looks like that, that flying saucer from Lost in Space. And sure enough, it was on the news that day. Five o'clock news. My dad comes home. Holy cow, Pam, you did see a flying saucer because here it's all over the news. Later that year, we went up to our family cottage. Again, about seven years old. And in the bedroom where we, my brother would stay or sleep, there was a big like bay window. And the moon would always illuminate the bedroom. And every night, right around midnight, because I remember being a little kid, he had that big old Mickey Mouse with the big hands, and it was always 12 by the time we went to bed. Every night, that moon would be covered by this big shadowy object, big figure. It would stand there and look in the shadow. You could tell it was looking in, then it would move away. This happened every time we went up until about the age of nine. So fast forwarding, I was talking to this lady. Again, I'm researching this. This is kind of my personal project. And this lady was telling me that I had encountered Bigfoot as a young kid. Supposedly, she's into this to communicate with spirits, supposedly Bigfoots and other sorts of unknown entities. In fact, this very same person told me that the encounter that I had a Lake Cadillac, that that entity, and she calls it entity, you guys, was trying to get in touch with me. But I'm blocking him out. And I'm like, what, like that mind speak stuff? She goes, well, kind of. I feel, no, I've got no, I've got no communications. I wouldn't know where to begin with that one. It kind of floored me. In fact, she was on my show before. It told me things on my show that floored me that I never told anybody in my life. Sure, anybody can find my encounter and come up with something, but there's personal things about my wife as a kid that she told me. She told me about the time I saw ghosts on my wall. I was again about seven, eight years old. And these ghosts, you guys, look like just like a basic white sheet over a pole with cut out black eyes. It haunted me forever. In fact, when I got married, and moved on to my old house, my my house with my wife back then. A ghost followed me to this house. I'd see the same thing. So I've been seeing things throughout my life, and I didn't realize it until I started studying the subjects dating back from 2018. About 20 years ago, well, not maybe that far, 15 years ago, I'm at my brother's house, and I'm sitting in a room sleeping over, spending the night, and it was room was pitch black and I had a, at the time my niece was about five or six years old I'd be in the bedroom sleeping the door would open I would see this shadowy figure and it looks just like my niece long hair but you, you can tell it's a you can tell it's a person I could, it looks just like her but the shadow the shadow outline hey you want to come in with Uncle Robbie I'll tell you a nighttime story or whatever then the door would shut so this happened several times on several different nights that I'd spend the night because he lived a couple hours away and usually we'd get together and I was never in any shape to drive. So I was even thinking, man, what am I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So one night this happens and I see this figure of Lauren. 
And I jump out, and she shuts the door. I jump out of bed, and the, her bedroom is literally 10 feet down the hallway. And I run to her room. I get to the door. I open the door, and she is tucked in her bed, sound asleep. No way she could have gotten down and into her bed. About several months later during Thanksgiving, I say, hey, look, I think your house is haunted. I keep thinking I'm seeing Lauren. My brother and sister look at me. Oh, my God, we see the same thing. And my mom, who was there, like I said, this was Thanksgiving, said the same thing. We, they've all seen her. And to make the story even further, Lauren would be talking into a closet to somebody. And because Lauren and my sister-in-law could see that because she had glass doors, so she could always look in on her and she would always see her playing and seen her talking into the closet. And one day Karen walks in and says, hey, Lauren, who are you talking to? She is my friend, Jenny. He goes, oh, well, I can't see Jenny. She goes, no, she she disappeared. She doesn't like adults or big people. And Karen goes, why is that, Lauren? She goes, well, because they murdered her family. So Karen's like, oh, my God, calls up my brother. I think we got to take Lauren to the doctor. I mean, she's telling me some really weird things that the seven-year-old should be talking about. So Lauren said, yeah, she talked to this little Jenny like all the time with Sear, and she would talk and tell about how way back years ago, her whole family, as it turns out, they're Native Americans and the white man massacred everybody, the whole tribe. So my brother did some investigation, founds out, sure enough, this property is an actual burial ground for a tribe of First Nations people that did get slaughtered way back about in the 1800s. So my brother and sister-in-law, they put, they sold, they got, they did, first of all, did not want Lauren to be seeing this entity. They moved three months later. They're out of the house in a new house. Now, a lot of the neighbors that my brother was friends with would call my brother and ask why he moved. And he said, you know what? He didn't really say. So one of the neighbors said, hey, Dave, I know what you're about to say. You, you've seen a ghost, didn't you? And my brother's like, well, yeah. And this is a neighbor. He goes, a lot of the neighbors in the neighborhood think this place is haunted, man. We all see ghosts. And my brother said, would you guys do the investigation? Do you guys look this up? He said, no. And he told him about it. Three years later, you guys, you can't buy a house in this subdivision. You, if, if The house is way back when my brother bought it. It was a $200,000 home. You could probably get it now for about 40000 And it's creepy. Creepy eerily to drive past this place. There are people that live there, but now it's turned into like a it's run down. I'll leave it at that without for being nice, politically correct. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I, and I was telling you how I thought this now was reverting back how this one ghost followed me from my childhood to my marital home. Now I seen this little ghost that I thought was my niece and it probably makes sense that it was a little Indian girl. Six months ago, this is very recent. Six months ago, I'm in my bedroom and my door opens. And I see this figure, man. But it's not the figure of the seven-year-old daughter, or daughter, niece. It's a more grown-up figure of a girl, right? Grown, taller. And I see this thing, you guys, and I'm like, and it was like so weird, you guys. I said, Lauren? Because she had a key, has a key to my house. But this is late at night, and I certainly she does, she would call before she came over. I said, Lauren, is that you? I get up, man, the door shuts. 
And I get up and I run to my door and I grab the, I try to open my door and my door is stuck. I can't open it. And all of a sudden it opens. And I run through my house. I check all the doors. I call my niece. I sound like an idiot. Lauren, were you just over here? Uncle Rob, it's 3.30 in the morning, man. No. I said, oh, I'm sorry to wake. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't worry about it. I go back to bed. And I hung up thinking, what the hell did I just see? And now this is where I'm at today, you guys. I don't know. It's why the best guy. I got a couple people help me with this. This one guy thinks he wants to do this regression uh, therapy with me. Um, he even thinks that I was even abducted by an alien when I hit with these ghosts. And there's all sorts of weird things around the table. And I'm like trying to figure out entities and ghosts, they don't grow up, right? That Indian girl is the same. Was this, what was this that I've seen now? It looked just like, again, my niece, but as a, a full-grown woman now. Or maybe I was seeing things. I doubt it, man. And so I've investigated. And this is, and you guys, ever since my Bigfoot encounter, I'm remembering things vividly. I'm, I'm going back and I'm researching these things. I think everything, ha the moral to me telling you guys all of this is kind of what we talked about earlier. I think all of this is related. I think everything goes hand in hand. I believe there's paranormal aspects to all of this. I can't put my finger on it, but I think once you had an experience, your mind is now open because now my mind is open to everything. And now I can almost like manifest things sometimes. It seems like I was sitting in my chair. And I was thinking, I was watching this thing on demonology, right? And I'm thinking, man, I got to shut this off because I'm starting to creep myself up. And I'm thinking, I hope I don't get, I, guys, I'm saying this in my mind. I hope I don't get visited by some demon. Why am I watching this? And I'm thinking this way. For whatever reason, you guys, I don't know. Sure enough, man, a couple hours later, there's this mist, you guys, that starts coming down my hallway towards this chair that I'm in. This is with and this is this year. And it starts circling. It's it's hovering off the ground six to eight inches, man. It starts circling around my chair. And I just sitting there and remember I told you how I was paralyzed and I saw the Bigfoot, I couldn't move. This is the same thing. I can't move now. I'm thinking maybe this was sleep paralysis. I know that I'm awake. I can see everything in my my area that I'm sitting. It's in the basement part of my house, and I can see everything. I can see this. I know I'm awake. I have to be awake. And I'm trying to shake my hand. Then I remember someone telling me, I said they are father. Start saying, I mean, I believe in God. I ain't very religious. I'll just leave it at that. Start saying they are father. It went away. And so then I contacted this other person. They told me to get sage and all this. And I didn't buy into that. I said, well, I don't know. Maybe it was sleep paralysis. So about three months later, the same thing happened. And I prayed, went away. Then I got the stage. In fact, I had somebody come here and do like a cleansing and did not have, did not had the problems since. Now, I haven't had none of these problems, you guys, until after I had this encounter. So, so all this started after the, 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 the Bigfoot, whatever it was, the, the encounter? Yeah, after that, with that encounter. But the thing is, though, as a little kid, though, Constantly saw a Bigfoot looking through the window up north. As a little kid, I know I saw a ghost, and the ghost followed me to my, 
my marital house as a little kid. It was the same, it's the same ghost every time. Now I had not seen that in many years. That kind of faded away, but it was very scary. I mean, I had that go on forever. And then of course the, at my brother's house, that's, that's kind of explained. I kind of get that one with the little, with the massacre, but for me to see something that looked again, like my niece would grown up, what the hell is that? So it's like, man, so, you know, since I've had this, these crazy manifestations have happened after the, the scary ones, right? I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the swirling and, and all that, that's, I can't put my finger on it. Childhood ghosts, but after but these other things with uh, the niece and that is like, and the, and the swirling around the chair, these things have, it was, yes, after this encounter, some guy was telling me maybe I'm marked. This guy believes in being marked. He said, once you see something, you're more apt to see it. And the more you think about these things, you can almost manifest these things. And, you know, we brought up Jessica Jones. I talked to her quite often. She pretty, she's got a wealth of knowledge in the area telling me these things. So it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, I never should have went to Lake Cadillac. I'm, I, I, I'm to the point, you guys, if I never went to Cadillac, my girl would probably be alive today. And sometimes I get down on this, like, what the hell was I thinking? But I was thinking like a normal man, just wanted to go with my chick, right? Well, yeah, you and weren't thinking sudden, that you were going to run into, I mean, we, we, we leave our houses every day and, you know, we we gamble. We don't even realize it. Yeah, you know, plus, you know, go get the paper, right? I'm going to have the paper. <laughs> Getting your mail out of your mailbox. You never know what happened. So we could slip out the stairs. So, yeah, it's just like these things. Yeah, it's all come to the forefront, and I believe it's all connected. And I'm looking for answers. And that's where I'm at today. You know, with this show, I'm sorry I didn't really talk about anyone specific on the show, but this is something that I like to talk about because it's what I'm working on. It's kind of like my personal case that I'm working on. You know, and as far as the show goes and talking to people, a lot of people I talk to, man, they're like, I think more and more people are privy to the fact that these things aren't just flesh and blood, right? Mm-hmm. There's some other element. You know, right. I Ron Moorhead on the show. I love Ron Moorhead, the quantum theory. You know, Ron Moorhead thinks they're aliens. It could be, you know, so, and Ron Moorhead's respected. Right? I mean, and, and, and what are aliens? Because, I mean, you know, we, we yeah. they could be ultra terrestrial, interdimensional. They could be extraterrestrial. I mean, there's all kinds of one of the things like like Rob. I don't know if you know this, but like Barton, you know, wh- where he lives. I mean, is a massive, massive cave system. So when you're looking at like Kentucky and Tennessee, and you're driving through there, you know, I mean, like I've always believed that these things could have come from inner Earth. I mean, that you know, and and that there again, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, that they're physical. They come into our reality. And one of the theories that me and Linda kind of came up with together, like she espoused it and I adopted it. I should say that. I don't want to say that I don't want to give myself credit for where, where she came up with that, but I agree that these things, you know, and Barton, she's, we've talked to her on the phone together. I mean, she, she she believes that these things come and and the longer that they're on our plane of existence, they, the more physical they have to become. And in fact, I think she said that on my show, um, when, when we, when we did the interview with her, our discussion, but it was so to me, it like, it just made sense. It just kind of brought it together because it's like these things, they come from wherever they come from, but when they're 
on our plane of existence, they have to play by a certain set of rules and they manifest themselves as physical. Now, people will say, oh, well, they're not metaphysical because by, you know, the very definition of, of them being able to physically harm and kill animals makes them a physical creature. Well, I can tell you this. I lived in a house that was haunted for 10 years and I was slapped. Not on my face, you know, but I was slapped on my back and, and, I, and I had a, a light fixture come flying down at a weird angle and hit me on top of my head. Um, I had an, a, an ex-girlfriend asleep in my bed who was something crawled into bed with her and tried to grab her and then was, was pulling on her ankle and leg as she was trying to get away. And, you know, and she was screaming at the top of her lungs. I'm in the next room and I can't hear anything, you know, and I wasn't like. Like I was playing video games with my friends, but you know, but we weren't talking that loud, and we weren't, and there was no loud music playing that that we that would have muffled her voice. You know, I mean, like we should have been able to hear it, and we didn't know anything was going on until she came running down the hallway, freaking out, screaming. And I I really believe that there is something to that. When you say that you lived in a, in a and and when you were a kid, you know, you had these experiences, and then they kind of re activated when you saw this thing um that's what you're saying right basically Rob? yeah right exactly yes, yeah absolutely yeah and 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 you know the same thing i think we're all in the same boat barton lived in a haunted house and he saw a lot of weird stuff you know and you had these creatures that were uh, accosting you and your family and killing your animals and pets and I really, you know, there, there was this one house that I remember it was these people were friends of my mother's when, when she was little and, and when they would babysit my mom. Well, growing up, you know, I always called her Aunt Terry. It was Terry and John. And they had a little small farm on the other side of Rockdale, in between Rockdale and Lexington. And, you know, John and her had a visitor that would come at night. She would call it a visitor because they could never get a really good look at it. And they were like, oh, it would steal some eggs and, and it would disrupt a few things. Well, eventually, once they built uh, a stronger uh, coop and, and they put like a, some wood and everything that, that, that kind of could, could separate, you know, so that this visitor, whatever it was, couldn't go into the chicken coop. It was like what you said about them becoming acclimated to eating, you know, whatever it got, it freaked out, tore the whole thing apart and literally killed every chicken in there. Like it was angry because it didn't have access to the chickens and the eggs. So it killed them. Um, now here's the weird part there. They lived on a piece of land that was actually owned by a lady that had their, her house was like right next door to their, to, to, to each, their houses were next door to each other, but they were out way out in the middle of the country. And the ne next closest neighbor is probably a half a mile away. Well, the landlady that lived next door, I went to school with her son. He was a little bit older than me, but they saw this Bigfoot like creature going around the back of the trash barrel. Now out there in the country, they burning the trash is how they got rid That's how you get rid of your trash. You burn the trash. Um, so you would put it in the trash barrel and you would burn it, whatever. This thing was walking around behind the trash barrel and it was literally like, it just faded away. Like it just kind of, like it was gone. Now it's a 99% chance that that's the creature that destroyed the chicken coop and killed the chickens. Like, I mean, you, you're, you're gonna, I mean, that's just, it's just simple math. I mean, you know, it's like, 
but it was an ethereal creature because how did it vanish? How did it walk, you know, like that behind the trash and then just disappear? But then it also was able to strangulate and kill and rip the heads off of chickens and, and, you know, do what it did. You know, I mean, it was obviously, you know, a metaphysical thing. And and so people like, they act like, oh, if it, if it can do physical things, you're not a physical creature. Not necessarily because these demonic entities can scratch you, claw you, pull you and grab you and throw oh, you and do all you kinds of what? stuff to you. Ab- you know what? Absolutely. And, you know, you'll have to talk to Chuck. He's got some pretty, he was investigating a uh, haunted house you know, with his buddy Bob and, and Randy. And uh, back we had, uh, he's got pictures of this. Next time, I'm not going to tell all the stories, but the one about physical. So his buddy Bob, they're in this haunted house doing some investigations. They had cameras you know, set up all over. And uh, Bob go, and so Bob, Jack scares Bob, go, ow. Damn, what you know, damn it. So Texas like, what what's wrong? What what happened? It was man, I feel like I just got whacked in the back with something. So he's lifting up the back of his shirt, and Tex goes over and looks and he goes, Damn it, damn Bob. He looks on the back, there's a big red mark on the lower side of his back. And when we took the, they took the picture and me and Tex are looking at this and we kind of blew it up and looked at it. And me and Tex said in unison, like we were reading each other's minds, it looked like it was a pentagram. And this is <laughs> so physical. Heck yeah. I mean, he's got a couple other pretty cool stories too about this place. And I'll let him talk about those next time you talk to him. But, Again, man, I believe in everything, and I, and I, I don't know. And even as a kid, I think I blocked a lot of things. I was seeing the ghosts as a little kid. I just thought maybe I was dreaming because maybe I didn't want to scare myself subconsciously. You know what I mean? And like they say, when this guy was telling me, Robbie just marked, and I said, well, "Thank you know, come out, Mark. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't believe anybody's marked. Sounds like we moved it from the devil." I certainly don't believe in that, but I certainly believe that my eyes and ears are more open. I'm more, I believe that anything is possible now because I've gone through a lot of things. And like I said, the weirdest stuff has happened June 15th of 2018, man. Yeah. And your girlfriend would, you know, like, I guess, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll close with this, but your girl, did, did you, what did she think it was? Did she ever tell you? No, well, she, remember, like I was saying, she was, Rob, what did you think it was? Said, what do you think it was, honey? She said, well, I think it was that Bigfoot creature. And then I said, yeah, I think it was too. And then I made the comment, well, but the one that I seen didn't look, that I seen, well, on Leonard Nimoy, I just remember Patty. I said, but really, kind of, you know, look like, a, like the one I remember seeing, the Patterson Gimlin, you know? It was the humanoid-looking Gauss syndrome that it metamorphosized into uh, a demon. That's what I always say, a demon. And did, did she? But my question, though, did she call it a demon, or did she think it was just like a bigfoot? No, she, she really, as we were doing some research, was, I don't know what this is. Cause like I said, then we started looking online and stuff. So, man, none of these things look like what we saw. I said, no, they don't, do they? And then she would say, man, now look at some of these. It looked more devilish to her. She looks like a comic book character. 
you know? I go, yeah, that's right, I say too. She goes, yeah, I've never, if this, if this is a Bigfoot, it don't certainly look like we've seen pictures on, you know what I mean? Martin, what about, you know, like what he described, how does that compare to what you described? Your the, like the Spotsville monster. Almost identical. Almost identical. And, and so all I can say is, welcome to the family, Rob. We call ourselves truthers. So once you take the blinders of the popular narrative that's been spoon-fed to us for 70 years or more off, you start to see that the relationship between all of these unexplained phenomena. And if you don't, most people just take one piece of the puzzle and study it. And it's the cryptid piece or the UFO piece or the ghost piece, but they never look at the whole puzzle at one time to identify the correlations that all these things have. So welcome to the family, well, brother. And it's good to have yeah, you here. Thanks. And we, you know, we're growing, we're growing exponentially. And all I can say is I could talk to you guys all night about all this stuff that happened, you know, the, the, the thing in Spotsville killed 250 chickens. He was talking about chickens, brother. And, uh, yeah, yeah killed all our chickens, all our animals, goats, our pigs, our horses. And they couldn't kill, kill our dogs because our, we had a piece of underpinning of the house missing at the, at the back doorsteps, right? And it was about, I don't know, about two foot by two foot. And our dogs, which were some of the most vicious dogs we'd ever owned, uh, even close family friends couldn't drive up to our house and get out of their car until we got the dogs off of them, right? So, but every time these creatures would come around, uh, they would run underneath the house immediately. And we knew that the creatures were around from hearing our dogs bumping their heads on our floorboards. And dad would say, Oh, oh hell, here he comes again. You know, yeah. so once you, once you take the blinders off, then you, you can really see that. There is a connection between yeah. all these things. You shouldn't be able to live in a haunted house and see UFOs and, and Bigfoot and Black Panthers. The, the odds should be impossible to do that. But yet it's yeah. happened to me three times. It's happened to a lot of people. And, you know, we're, we're out to spread and, the truth. We're, we're on a crusade to spread the truth. We're not, on a, you know, we're not trying to be popular or get likes or YouTube views or money. We just want people yeah. to know the truth of what's really yeah. happening. And I think we can yeah. include you now that you're looking at all of it at, 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 as a whole instead of one picture. You're well, seeing the correlation. Yeah. I think we can include more our group now. So it's great. It's great. Yeah, go and, ahead, Rob. And Bart, thank, thank you for that too. Bart, I just want to make one quick comment. I know you got to go here. It's like, how can people not, though? Here's my thing. Once I jumped in that rabbit hole of Bigfoot, it took me everywhere, you guys. I mean, it, how can you miss all? You really have to have blinders on because once I... I just thought I'd be investigating Bigfoot, right? Well, that spiraled yeah. out and branched out into a plethora of things that I never thought I'd be doing today. So it's like to these people that are just one and one set of one opinion, I guess, you know, why you're, you're just, you're hurting yourself and others. You really are. Right. They have tunnel vision, Rob, and they can't see the whole picture. That's the problem. And how anybody can look into this stuff for decades, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, like some of the big name Bigfooters from, you know, back in the day, how they can look yeah. at this mystery for so long and not come to the truth within just a few years always bewildered me. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. They have to be extremely biased and they have to let the evidence lead them to where they want to go instead of letting the evidence lead them 
to wherever it leads them, they they only take the evidence that, uh, you know, makes makes themselves right. You know, cognitive dissonance. You don't want to believe anything that goes against what you already steadfastly believe. So I think that's what's going on. And, you know, the truth yeah. needs to be told. And the truth is that these things are not uh, normal creatures. They're not cryptids. They're not normal animals, natural animals waiting to be discovered. They're they're actually in humanoids, which is something above and beyond that. You know, and, and to, to, yeah. cl- to close this out, oh, Rob, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I just I just agree with what Barton was saying. I absolutely agree, and I like that inhumanoid. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's that's a good term. And to close this out, guys, I, to me, it takes an extreme amount of mental gymnastics to totally tumble past every single fact that's thrown in your face. And it, and it's to me, it's willful ignorance. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And and Rob, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, having talked to you multiple times, we got you in here and we recorded, uh, Barton, I told you, you wouldn't be disappointed. Rob's good. And, and, um, right. I, you were sure right. It's mm-hmm. an amazing story, really bizarre. And so much, uh, of, of it is, is really familiar to me because mm-hmm. I've lived it myself. So I yeah. haven't personally yeah. seen a Bigfoot like you guys. I, I may have seen something from the backside, you know, but I, my wife saw it like, like way better, um, but I can tell you this, you know, the reports that I get of these things and their behavior belies a lot of this, oh, you know, Harry and the Hendersons are all, we're just all getting along out here. I just can't, I don't see that part. I see the truth. I see, and I think I still stand by this. I, I've caught multiple people trying to pass me, a, you know, a bill of goods that I just don't, I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, you know, telling me that they came up and were knocking on their RV door politely. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I, you know, I believe that that's right. Yeah, for sure. asking, for, no asking for things like, you know, and the Browns are going to um, win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Oh I mean, my God, yeah. <laughs> I take a shot at <laughs> yeah. you, Martin. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. People that say these things come up and knock on their doors and ask for garlic. For example, yeah, yeah, that, I've heard that too. Like they want something like touch. like herbs and spices, you know? They're right. It's like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, but it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it is, gentlemen. It's been great. It's been nice. Uh, everybody, paranormal roundtable, uh, and that's our discussion. Me and Barton Nunley with uh, Michigan Rob. Michigan Rob, uh, once again, give the people you the coordinates where they can find you. Yeah, very simply on YouTube. Bigfoot to Michigan Rob, type it in, hit enter, subscribe. Uh, for those on Twitter, I'm at Rob underscore Bigfoot. Um, I've got the group on Facebook. It's very easy. It's Brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. That's the name of my show, which airs noon central every Thursday. And I'm also on live with Texas Jason on Texas Front Porch. And that is, on, well, it's actually Bigfoot Michigan Rob. We, we simulcast. And that's also uh, on Wednesdays. I'm on I'm on the air almost three five days a week. I, the days I'm on is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Sporadic time, and it's in my YouTube channel. You guys can find all that information there. Um, so yeah, I would appreciate that, and uh, check out all my stuff. There's a pretty good uh, there's a variety of things on my channel. Yeah, and and we I'll enjoyed. Sure, having I'll sure a, be doing that. Yeah, we enjoyed having you on and, and conversating with us. All right, gentlemen, for everyone here at Paranormal Roundtable, Josh Turner, Barton Nunley, Michigan Rob, good night. Good night. Good night.
Good night, everyone.